Hi, welcome to the Penis Project podcast. This is the place to come to find out everything you've always wanted to know about men's health but were too embarrassed to ask. Join physiotherapist Dr. Joe Milios and sexologist nurse practitioner Melissa Hadley-Barrett as they talk to real men and the experts about men's private parts. Have a burning question you really want to know the answer to? Please subscribe to our website at thepenisproject.org and just ask us. The greater the length, while the greater the strength, the more time I've got for you. There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting. Too much noise altogether. In silence is strength and peace and space. Imagine silence forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by PROST, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. PROST is a not-for-profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about PROST, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. Hi, I'm Melissa Hadley-Barrett and I designed the Penile Rehabilitation Program to help men recover from prostate cancer. It's an online program built on decades worth of knowledge and experience and practice. It's the only one of its kind in the world and it actually works. So if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer and want to get your penis working again as quickly as possible, and why wouldn't you, then visit penilerehabilitationprogram.com and you'll be off and running. And it only takes about 15 minutes a day. All the best with your recovery, which I promise will never be as bad as you think. November 11, 11am, 60 seconds, kids watch on the wall. In the pub, in the tab, in the cars. So welcome to the Penis Project podcast. Today, I'm very excited. We have Elliot Justin, who's the inventor of FirmTech, and he's going to tell you all about it. So this is an invention that I've been wishing someone would make to use outside a lab. So I was very excited when I found out that you'd made it. So welcome. Good to be here. Thank you. So tell us about FirmTech, what it, what it does and how it came about. What it does... Is, is are two things. You know, the, our mission at FirmTech is to uh, provide men and and soon women, because we're testing female device. I can get to that late, later on in the, in the interview. Uh, but to provide men with the vital signs for every guy's most vital organ. So right now, if a man has erectile dysfunction, or if a man just wants to keep his sexu- happy with sexuality, but he wants to keep it where it is, they can go to a sexologist, a urologist, but all they have to really have to offer is opinion. They have no way of objectively evaluating every, you know, evaluating the penis. Uh, whereas, you know, if, if you go to, a, you know, if I went to a cardiologist or you went to a gynecologist, I'll pick on you, Melissa. If you went to a gynecologist right now with pelvic pain uh, and they just did a bimanual exam and didn't do an ultrasound, uh, you would think, WTF, is this like 1950? You know, if I went to a you know cardiologist or internist and said, "Gee, I'm you know walking uphill, I get a little short of breath, a little pain in my chest," and that guy listened with or woman listened with a stethoscope and didn't do a CT angiogram or at least an electrocardiogram, I'd think, "What is this, 1880?" So yeah. when it comes to um, evaluating sexual pleasure uh, and sexual pleasure, as I was going to say in one moment, it's also a reflection of one's overall cardiovascular health and one's. And, if it comes to that, a good urologist, they can wave an ultrasound over a penis in the office. 
but I, you know, I, most men are not getting hard ons because the urologist takes out an ultrasound machine. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know what's like in Australia, but I'll assume it's the same thing in Australia. I mean, that's a peculiar, I'll bet even who went to XX and X or Pornhub, we're not going to find ultrasound kink. I don't think so. so. I don't think so. I think it's probably not something that's been thought of yet. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so what we've done with firm tech is we, we can warn overnight, we can count the number of nocturnal erections that are a leading indicator of a man's cardiovascular health. I'm a doctor. I didn't, I didn't even know what that was until a couple of years ago. And I'll explain how, how I found out about it in just a moment. One, during sex, we can measure the duration, the firmness of erections. So by a leading indicator, I mean that before a man has a heart attack or a stroke or, or develops significant atherosclerosis or before his hemoglobin A1C goes up because he's pre-diabetic or diabetic, they're going to see changes in their penis. They're yeah. going to see their number of nocturnal erections go down. Uh, I mean, everyone knows about morning wood. Uh, I don't know what you call in Australia. Probably, probably got something. What do, you, what do you guys call in Australia? We call it morning, morning wood, exactly the wood. same. And okay. Yeah, I'm always like banging on to my customers. That's a bad choice of, um, of, of wording, <laughs> but no pun intended, um, about the fact that, you know, your penis is like the canary down the mine shaft, you know? Right, it, the canary in the coal mine of, of cardiovascular disease. Yeah, exactly. But so, so a guy can have a morning erection but it's actually should I be having more erections than that? Yes. Uh, a lot of guys also think, women too, think that the morning erection has to have to urinate. Well, I tell you right now, Melissa, you're an attractive woman. If I sat in front of you right now and drank a liter of beer, I might get an <laughs> erection. Uh, so I, maybe it's, I, so this, it's the same thing. So, you know, the, it's a, actually the nocturnal erections are a way of providing uh, blood flow to an organ that doesn't get blood flow unless it's, unless it's stimulated. So actually the number of nocturnal erections will go down not only with disease, it'll go down if man has sex before he goes to bed because you've already provided that nourishment. And my, our assumption, our thesis, is the same thing is true with women. But let me go back to, I'll, I'll get to women. Let's talk about men first. Yeah. We'll now get to the women later on. So several years ago, I was challenged by a, uh, it'll be three years of summer, a urologist at the University of Utah to come up with a way of counting the number of nocturnal erections that are a leading indicator of vascular health. And I said, wow, that's really interesting. I didn't, I had no idea. Uh, and, and I thought about it for a while and I said, you know, we can do better than that. We can embed sensors in a cock ring and now we can measure duration of firmness of all erections. So not only do we have the nocturnal erections being counted, if it's worn overnight, mm. but worn during sex, we measure duration of firmness of erections and a man can now measure the impact of diseases, diabetes, hypertension, atherosclerosis, their progress on his, on his penis by, or he can measure the impact of all the cock killer medications that men take, antidepressants, SSRI antidepressants, especially sleep medications, anti-anxiety medications, antihypertensives. I'm, I've used it that way. I mean, we use the only, uh, probably because I started this business, I started getting high blood pressure back in October and my intern said, oh, take less of lisinopril. Um, and I did. And then my erections went, firmness of my erections, so I, was, I was using a prototype of our device. My erections went down 15% in firmness. Well, I was unaware. I'm still able to perform sexually, but I'm actually ha having an impact. I switched to Losartan. Not that I'm trying to push these brands or anything. Nice. But I switched to Losartan, and I went back. And I went back up to normal. It's really uh, interesting I, because I think, um, and I don't know if you've heard any other clinicians tell you this, but the way I used to get patients to measure whether or not they were having a nocturnal erection is: Do you remember when postage stamp stamps test? came the oh stamp God. test, you know, and just for those listening, you know, you get the stamps that were like perforated, you'd get people to put them around their penis, go to sleep at night. And if the perforation was snapped in the morning, that had a nocturnal erection, 
but it was such a, a silly thing because you just have to brush a perforated test and it would go and you know right. always have and, thought and I know in you know research we can measure nocturnal erections but there hasn't been well I haven't heard of anything until I heard about you that you could do this and I'm just think of so many examples like when I'm doing penile rehab with prostate cancer patients it'd be great to actually know what's going on instead of guessing you know my way of asking normally is when you get up to go to the loo do you have a bit of a semi you know a bit of a chubby and they'll go oh, right. so I'm like, oh that's good but it'd be really nice to actually objectively be able to measure this well given the amount you know from the rate of oh just backtrack the stamp test mm -hmm. it only tells about one erection it doesn't tell yeah. about all of them uh so I mean, when I when we came out with a prototype, which would be a year ago, February, and I saw that I had four to five a night, I was more excited about that than I was by seeing that I have an electrocardiogram. I mean, it was like because it it is like a stress EKG stress test, not just for your penis, but a reflection of, of your vascular health. Mm. But but uh, we are we do have people in the United States who are using this urologist that is to try to get men to stick with the post prostate surgery therapy because men give up. Because nothing's happening. I mean, since the incidence, that's probably the same down there as it is here. I mean, 40 to 80% of men are permanently impotent afterwards. We don't like to use the word impotent. Um, it's funny, I'm just to digress a moment, we still use negative words for men. They're not allowed, to, we don't use them for women, which is appropriate. I mean, 1980s, feminism and medicine drove out words like anorgasmia, frigid, hysteria. These words were regarded as de de demeaning to women, and they are. But we still can talk about men this, the same way, limp dick, impotent, you know, I feel softy, really whatever. sad right. for men. I think at the moment, men have, it's all gone very far to one way. And I feel like men, all this talk of toxic masculinity, I think being masculine should be something to be celebrated, not thought of as toxic. So, yeah, I think it's hard for men right now. But we have, but I, mean, I, could, I could, you know, I could probably talk about that at length, but to get back to mm. the benefit of Fremtech, we have, there are urologists who are using this device right now um, to encourage men uh, to stick with the therapy because they might not, they might have, well, one thing you can establish from, from a medical legal perspective, you can establish the man's baseline objectively before the, sur the surgery. Right now, in your work, it's done by surveys. A lot of people lie on surveys all the time. You can get objective data uh, as, to, as to a man's um, sexuality beforehand. But we have men... It's often the urologist using this device before and after. And I think this, I think what we're doing become the standard of care. I mean, it might not be our device because our device is going to be copied, I'm certain. That's but cool. to see the to see the waveform of one's sexual, one of uh, one's I call it erectile fitness, uh is really, really you know, powerful, powerful as, as something that's motivating. But also, you know, if, again, if I went to a doctor and they did annual physical, they get an electrocardiogram, I think it was malpractice. Well, I think that what we're doing right now will become the standard of care for all men over the age of 45 or 50 mm -hmm. as part of their routine physical. It's a preventive health measure to establish what your baseline is of erectile fitness. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, for some 25-year-old guy who can't get it up on a couple of dates to go online and get some pills, that's a, I'm okay with that. But for a guy who's 45 or 50 to not think, as you said earlier on, the penis is the canary in the coal mine of vascular disease. For that guy to go online and get pills, now that guy, older guy, should be thinking, Am I pre-diabetic? Am I developing hypertension? Am I developing atherosclerosis, some other condition? Or is it this is the result of some other medication but, or recreational yeah, advice that I have? Something else that you said that just struck a chord with me is the last couple of months I've been seeing a young guy who's in his early 20s who was prescribed finasteride for hair loss. 
and mm-hmm. he's become depressed and he'd noticed that his erections weren't working as well as they used to be. And he never, he'd actually been taking finasteride for a year. And it wasn't until I asked the question about, are you taking any medication? And originally he said, no, I'm not, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, are you sure? Like there must've been something that started this. And when we went back to that, he was like, oh, you're right. Like that, it did start about a month after I started that. And I then got him to stop. We got things back to normal, but then he was worried about his hair loss and he started taking it again. And I just think this would have been the perfect thing to show him that actually, yes, your yeah. body is reacting to we, that medicine. This is the problem. We have, we have men who are doing that in privacy. Guys are embarrassed to talk about their hair loss or embarrassed to talk about the, mm-hmm. let me say dicks, because I guess, you know, we just got to talk about things the way people actually talk yeah. about them. Yeah, we both so, yep. And people are able to, utilizing our technology, we have men who are, um, and I'm not supposed to say this in the United States, they're supposed to be going to the health care provider for every bit of advice, but a lot, you know, people manage a lot of problems. Men and women manage a lot of problems on their own. Uh, because they're embarrassed or because it costs money, because it costs, takes time. We, so we have men who have cut their dose of finasteride in half, and then their problem goes away. Well, they're not going to get that advice from their regular doctor because we, we doctors, I say, I, and I, yeah, we stupidly treat everyone as if they are all the same. And they're not. They have different physiologies and different metabolism, et cetera. So utilizing our technology, men can, can start to play with things on their own. Uh, mm-hmm. If this was if this is going on in the United States, my my lawyer here should be telling me, "Shut up! You can't say that. The FDA will come after you." But we have we have men who well, the example would be um, Tadalafil. We mm-hmm. have men who who are who have cut their doses of Tadalafil in half, so they, they don't they get less lightheaded, they don't have visual aura because they took they have our device. They can say, "Oh, I've taken I'm taking half as much, and look, I'm just as hard mm-hmm. as I you know as as I, as I was before." Getting about the prostate surgery, we have we we have uh, I call them my patients, but they're you know they're 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 really customers, mm. and there are about seven hundred of them. So we we sold about four to five hundred products, seven hundred tech rings, and, and the other rest with the, the ring without the technology, which is a whole which we can talk about later on. But these we have several men who have after after prostate surgery, like nothing's happening. They get our device and they say, oh, I do have some nocturnal activity. I will stick with the therapy. I will get the pelvic exercise. I will continue taking these medications, even though it's in six months and doesn't seem like like, like, like anything is happening. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of people are afraid to discuss their issues with doctors. Yeah, I think and so. And doctors are also afraid to discuss things with them. I mean, I've, I've never had a doctor ask me about my sexual health ever. Mm-hmm. I've never, and my wife, who's in the room right now, same complaint about gynecologists. Unless she brings it up, they don't mention it. I've never had a doctor warn me about the sexual side effect of the medicine. I've never, uh, and it was in, in the, I stopped practicing medicine in 2005 uh, and went to medical administration and medical technology. In my last year of practice, I decided, gee, I'm going to just do what I was trained to do. We're trained to take a sexual history. I'm going to start taking sexual history. And I was, so many people want to talk about it. Oh, definitely. They, and, and, and if they don't want to talk about it, the spouse does. And the spouse and or their partner does, and, and that the kind of took me back. It's like you, we're we're missing out on on a major issue of concern for people because we're because as a profession we're too inhibited, and we that encourages inhibition in our, in our patients, and it's wrong. Last, we need to stop that. Last year, I did a survey of my patient like you know list, and seventeen there's thousands of them, and seventy nine percent of them said they're. And the medical professional had never asked them about their sexual health, and eighty-five percent of them said they wish they had. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, 
especially think about especially all, all these people taking SSRIs mm. antidepressants uh, or or taking um beta blockers for blood pressure or uh take which or they're taking trazodone or um uh, Zolpidem for sleep regularly. These things have an impact on not just the sexual, on not, not just the short-term sexual performance, but the long-term sexual performance. Yeah, and so even, we, I'm, um, just even party drugs, you know, they have an effect on your sexual function as well. And I think, you know, it's very easy for someone to go along and and listen to a health professional tell them that party drugs are doing all these things, but it might actually this way they could actually measure this is what's happening when I'm doing this, and perhaps I don't want to risk that. Yeah, <laughs> well, yes, and we uh, we we have people who have you know are, are we know utilizing and that I mean on on, on sort of the the more fun side of it, mm. uh, utilizing this technology, you actually can objectively see that point as a man where you can still get an erection, but you can't ejaculate because of alcohol. Yes. Uh, you know, my, my, my daughter just feels that we should actually bring out a phone app or an app that goes to a smartwatch where it would be like a buzz. I'm like, Hey, Hey Elliot, it's your anniversary. If you want to get it off, get, get it off tonight. This is your limit. You're you've just hit your, you're at that limit. Oh, now you're at that in-between point where you can get hard, but you can't come uh, too late. Which case, question might as well just keep on drinking more. But it's, but it, you know, she's, she jokes about it. But it, it's, a, you know, she's twenty eight years idea. old. It's a, real, it's a real issue for, for people her age. I mean, there's so many guys, yeah, can't get it up because of because of booze. Yeah, definitely, that's true. So tell me then. So the idea of the ring is you place it on at night time, and then you in the morning it connects to your iPhone, and then it tells you. Right. What, the quality of your erections like and the number of them is that right correct it measures the duration and gives you the number uh it also i mean most people i'm not most people, it's it's common for our users to have sex before they go to bed so they get to um also see the see the see the evaluate that that you know that erection as well and what one thing that's actually interesting about that is um we call it the love notch but we we see commonly see this pattern where as the as the you have a peak and then you have uh, the peak comes down a little bit and then you have another peak uh, and I, I guess I know from from personal use that that you know uh, you know uh, you know I've been thirty five years my wife comes first generally and then I come afterwards so they get that sec so you get this that notch and, we, and from talking to other other people that have used the device that's yeah we so inside the company start so calling that the love notch the but love. you can. But you can so it's but you can you don't you don't see that with masturbation. No, right. Uh, you know, well, you can you can it can be faked, uh, but you can you can you can or a man can can take himself to a peak and you yeah. know whatever. Anyway, it's just kind of interesting. We're actually we're actually about to do a study of uh, what we call D two mesins or the fading erection. How long does erection take to come down? Yeah. No one's ever studied before. No one has looked at it objectively. But think about that. This is the the goal, obviously, with the PD five medications like Viagra. I need to mention brand names. I'll go. I'll go generic. Sedanafil and, and Tadalafil, Viagra and Cialis, which are the big ones in the United States. Probably the big ones down there, down where you are too. Yeah, are. The goal is yeah. to put more blood into the penis. Well, how well are these medications really working? Because yeah. the goal is actually to keep the blood in the penis. Most men. Um, before they get absolute erectile dysfunction, they can't get up at all, in which case they need a pump or surgery or, or, or injection. But most men commonly describe, these are probably your patients, they get an erection and they lose it. Yeah. That's a, that's a common, and I never thought about asking about that when I was a doctor. Mm. It wasn't until, until I learned about Venus Leak Syndrome, because I'm involved with this technology, 
and realized that, oh, as, as men get older, they develop, all develop venous leak syndrome. Not mm. just, so it, it, So what I mean by venous leak syndrome, I mean, so if, um, you know, I'm, I'm 70. If I sit yeah. on a plane for a long time or sit at the desk for a long time, uh, I get my socks will start to pinch my feet. Why? I'm retaining fluid in my legs. I'm in good health, but uh, yeah. men with heart disease, it's even more of a problem. Our smooth muscle in our legs are weakens with, with age and with and don't pump blood back to the heart as easily. Well, we have smooth it's a smooth muscle in our penis that that holds the blood in the penis. Yes, that's right. So a, what a cock ring does is it's a mechanical solution. It basically is a reinforcement to those smooth muscles to hold the blood in the penis. The PD five medications that are so enormously popular. When talking to men, they're least effective in the men who most need them. They're least effective in the men who have diabetes, hypertension, uh, atherosclerosis, because they, their vessels can't dilate to get, get more blood in. But then the blood doesn't stay there because they also have venous leak syndrome. So, uh, I mean, it, so that, that's, that's, that's where a mechanical solution of Cochrane comes in handy. And ours is unique. So we, you and I earlier on were talking about pelvic floor exercises. You can strengthen your pelvic floor, um, but you can't strengthen your smooth muscle. The only way to strengthen smooth muscles is by using it. So we doctors, we make all sorts of recommendations about diet, exercise, medical compliance. We don't make any recommendations about orgasms. So and we're, we're going to be the first company that makes a that basically says, hey, you should be having two or three orgasms a week. It's use it or lose it. And we have, we have men utilizing our device who are in their 50s or 60s who are in much better condition than I am. These are guys that are triathletes or marathon runners. But they have they don't masturbate, and whether they got divorced, their wife tragically died, um, they stopped using their penis. And then two or three years later, it's like, oh, I want to start using it again. Well, now your penis is kind of shriveled and atrophy. You can't make it. You can't go to the gym and work it out. You got to work it out, so to speak. Yeah, on your own. I always um, joke that when I was a uni student and I worked in nursing homes, I used to think, why is it that all men have tiny penises? And then I realized that. <laughs> They'd just been sitting around in a nursing home and not using it, and they'd just shrunk because of lack of use. And so, exactly. You know, yeah. But as a as an eighteen to twenty two year old, I was like, Jesus! Every man over the last generation had mini penises. What? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me this though. So does your device also then counteract the effect? So I get my um, patients to use a lasso when they've got a venous leak. So I encourage the lasso is. I would yeah. I said lasso. Last- Sorry, that's the second that, that, that just to trap the blood in and then you know get their penis to the optimum erectile function they're going to and then whack a, a lasso on it. We call it a stud lasso. And um, so with the firm tech device, will that work the same way? We can use that to help with that. Well, at the risk of just you know naked product promotion, mm. our ring was designed to be superior. I like that product. So my you know, my wife and I um we would play with cock rings once or twice a year. It's a novelty. You know, we just kind of use it. You know, it's like a Valentine's Day birthday kind of thing. Use it and get rid of it. Yeah. Even the cock rings that have clitoral attachments to them. What's the, what's, so what's the problem with cock rings? And why do I like the last one? Why is our device better? So the problem with cock rings is that they're made out of hard silicone. They're manufactured the same way for, 100, for 150 years. Now, silicone is indestructible. You can throw it under a truck and, and nothing, nothing will happen to it. It's taut. It's hard. You have to have an erection before you put it on because it blocks the arterial flow. Yes, that's right. So the lasso does not, the lasso you can tighten up after you get hard. That's the advantage of the lasso. Our device has, has is similar, I'll get to our device in a moment. So you have to have an erection to put it on. Our device can put on when you're soft. 
flaccid, just, just like the lasso. Our device only blocks the venous return. So blood can go in, but it can't it can't get out. So it, it addresses the, the fading erection issue. Uh, our device is made out of an elastomer. Why is it made out of elastomer, which is a softer version of silicone? Why is that? Well, because if it's worn overnight, you has to be comfortable for eight hours. Even the lasso, you got to loosen it after twenty or thirty minutes. It hurts. It, it pinches. Yeah. Our devices. So women understand the silicone problem in a way that men don't. And Melissa, if you put on a bra that was two sizes too small, you want the fucking thing. Excuse me. You want it all. You want it off right away. Uh, yeah. Because it's horrible. So I mean, ha, ha, because it's horrible. It's like a chokehold on your on your body. Well, that's what we're doing with, with hard cochrane. We're putting a chokehold on the on on, on uh, the most yeah. sensitive part of the body. So as soon as a man has an orgasm with it, whether it's lasso or regular or or the more inferior versions of cochrane, you want it off right away. It's a real come and done mentality because it's, it's painful. We all know that a guy with an erection, you could probably stab him in the back and keep on thrusting. That's just <laughs> the, you know, the, the, male, the male mentality. But ideal, the ideal cock ring would enhance a man's pleasure yeah. uh, comfortably. So our cock ring closes with a hook. You've probably seen it on, in, in the pictures yeah, online. Yeah, it checks them out. Yeah. So, so where did the hook come from, the bra? So, like, you know, a uh, uh, foreplay, the foreplay in my house. Okay. Exactly. It's a bra for the pain. My, my wife actually calls it bra for balls. The, bra the, for our balls. rings, unlike, you know, our rings are double cock ring. So one, one component goes around the base of the penis. The other goes around the, the top of the testicles. It wraps around. It's easy on. It's easy off. The testicles are sent, you know, an area of sexual sensitivity. I, I, I'm, I'm certain there are guys out there who can have an orgasm. They're, they're tight. I can't. But it is an area, it is an area, secondary area of pleasure. It's also, what, what does a guy want with balls during sex? Well, they want them to be grabbed, grabbed, slapped, you know, tied up, whatever. They want them to be stimulated. Uh, what happens to balls without a ring during sex? They're up, they're here, they're there, they're there. It's kind of like, bre it's like breasts. What do women do with breasts during sex, especially women with larger breasts? They bind them. Otherwise, they flop this way, that way. They're, they, you know, they're, so what do women do? They put a bra, you know, they put a, you know, they wear a negligee or some, you know, yeah. you know or something to, to, to hold them in place. And that's the our device does. Especially when balls. they get but older I, and they're all heading south. But yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know how my wife's breasts support gravity. What do you think, Annie? <laughs> they might have extra bits put in them or something. <laughs> or that. She has not. Anyway. Uh, the, so, the, you know, the um, our ring basically puts, well, doesn't block the arterial flow, blocks the venous return. I mean, my girth increases by a few millimeters. I mean, no one's going to walk by and say, oh, porn star. But that few millimeters means I'm holding the maximum amount of blood in my penis that I possibly can. Men don't get this. Many men don't get it. Beyond rock hard, there's cock ring hard. Nothing can get a man harder than a cock ring. No amount of anal, vaginal, oral, manual stimulation is going to get a guy harder than a cock ring. Every guy should use a cock ring. Uh, and they just don't get it. Uh, because it's not just an aid, it's an enhancer. Our cock ring, unlike the garage, the, I thought I said the garage, the last one will do this too. If, you put, if it's used properly, it's not put on too tight, it'll put a little bit of light pressure over the urethra. By putting a little bit of light pressure over the urethra, which our ring does as well too, it just, it prolongs the ejaculation, the ejaculation phase. So it goes from three to five seconds to uh, six to 10 seconds. That's more pleasure. It's not as good as a vibrator, but it's more, it's, it's, it's a more powerful orgasm. Can uh, I just ask so a question I, I, about that? Uh, so when with yours as well, because one of the other reasons I advise men to use a lasso is when they have climacteria, which for those listening and haven't listened before is when urine comes out when you have an orgasm. And so 
Does your Cochrane prevent climacteria then as well? I think it will. We haven't had any, you know, it's a, but, and this has surprised me. We have one, what we have done a study now. I can tell you about the research we're doing in a moment, but, uh, but our research has been focused more on titrating testosterone, titrating PD5s, getting the right dose of, of antidepressants. That's what I meant, what our research has been focused on. But the problem that you're, that you're mentioning is it's not that common, but it is a problem. I'm certain it will get studied. And if you want to do a study of our ring, I'd be, be happy to give you rings, you know, yeah, you know, you know for that. I would that. love to do that. And so any of my listeners listening that have climacteria, because a lot of my patients, probably 66%, yeah, two-thirds of my patient group are recovering from prostate cancer and I'm doing a lot of prostate cancer rehab, a lot of them have climacteria. And so I would love to see whether or not this would also help with that because I think I can really see a place there for using it when they're having sex, even with injectables and things like that to measure the hardness and the rigidity, also whether or not it helps with climacteria. And then also they could measure to see when their nocturnal erections are coming back. So in prostate cancer rehab, I can just see a massive amount. So I at least 50% of my clients will have climacteria for at least six months. So I'd love to see if it works for that. Well, if you want to do you know, an observational study, just write up a protocol and, and, and go to me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, anyway, so that, but, right. the, but anyway, I, I, I think it will work. We've, we've, we've sold, we've sold over 3000 of the performance rings, which is the ring without the technology that delivers the, the benefits of a, of a, of a cock ring. Uh, and that it's, you know, like it has the benefit I just mentioned, it's, it's comfortable, it's easy on, easy off, you can wear it for hours. You can put it on before sex when, when, when you're flaccid. Uh, other benefits of it, are, are actually I are interested. Other benefits are you stay man, unlike the lasso and other cock rings. If our ring is so comfortable that a man stays hard for uh, four to ten, well, the maximum is ten minutes that was recorded. Four to ten minutes afterwards. So the ring is so you know it's not an issue. It all, you know, older people like my like in my marriage, I don't I don't need to stay hard, keep thrusting after I come, so my wife can have pleasure. <laughs> the benefit is actually romantic. Mm. And I, you know, younger people don't think about romance. I'll talk, I'll say it's, the advantage is actually intimacy. If I'm hard for a while after I've had a, an orgasm, I'm still I'm still intimately engaged. I'm, yeah. you know, the male mindset again is, hey, an orgasm. Uh, what did I get any text message while I was while I was had, while we're having sex? Well, let, let, let me go get a drink. What's on What's on TV? You know, and it's really I mean, it's interesting um, talking to some of the people that have used our device a lot who report. And this is of all ages. Report a similar benefit that it that it's a psychological benefit. It also addresses one of the major male complaints about women while they're having sex. Do you know what that is? No, tell me. Almost guys don't, they don't talk about this with with, with women. Women in the, during sex. By the way, gay partners don't do this. Women during sex will suddenly start talking about something else, even yeah. if they're excited. <laughs> You've done it too. Yeah, you just admitted it. So the you know they'll be like, well, I had this. Oh, I just you know what our kid did did this, or oh, I forgot to do that, or um, this thing happened to them. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I and we were both quite excited. Uh, she suddenly started oh, fixing a major problem in our bed design problem in our bedroom. I had to tell <laughs> me right away. Like um, now, ordinarily, um, that would you know uh, the male reaction to that is especially if you've been. If you're an older person, you're involved. In, it's a long-term relationship. Is what the fuck? You can't keep that thought to yourself for ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, but if you're a guy with a heart on, 
that oh yeah it's okay you want to talk about thrillness that's fine okay yeah and also it you also get to like stay in like physically connected with your partner for longer if you're maintaining the erection so exactly. this, I really want to ask this question then. So normally I'm telling men they must make sure they take the lasso off after 30 minutes. But from what I'm hearing with you, they don't need to. They could fall asleep with the lasso on easily. Exactly. Yes. They're still going to be getting arterial blood flow. Correct. Because the ring was designed. The, the idea for the ring came out of the need to wear the technology overnight. Yeah. Okay. So the, the the performance ring doesn't have the technology. It's slimmer, obviously. You know, without you don't need I, you, you know you don't need we don't need the technology box, so to speak. Hmm. It doesn't have Bluetooth or a computer chip or you know or battery in it, uh, and it can be worn for hours. Uh, and I have fallen asleep with it. I'm I'm um, loving this. I'm I'm listening to you thinking my poor husband who calls his penis Roger the resident penis. I can see him coming up for a whole new testing cycle. <laughs> <laughs> But we are we are coming out uh, with, a, with a tighter ring because some because some people requested it because two I think two types of men requested one there are men who they they just find a tighter ring to be more pleasurable um, yeah. our, our ring was designed to be one size fits all but we have guys who want something even tighter our ring could be put on with a twist to make it tighter but the guys wanted it just to just the way it is that ring can't, can't be worn more than say about seventy five minutes uh, and we are. And looking ahead to the future, though, on the tech side, you're going to love this. We're coming, we're, we're, it's being tested right now. We're coming out with a ring that has pulse oximetry in it. Really? So you can measure so, the oxygen concentration in your penis shaft? Correct. So this will become a superb device for sleep apnea. How many, every, every man with sleep apnea, as he, pretty much every man has erectile dysfunction. I've never not encountered anyone, anyone who doesn't. No, um, right, right now, people are, are uh, you know, down where you are and where I am too. A lot of guys have smart watches, smart rings, and they're estimating the your, the quality of sleep using a accelerometer and the a pulse in the in the in the in the finger or the wrist. That's just an approximation. Every episode of quality sleep, of rapid eye movement sleep, has an erection. I didn't know that until yeah. about the nine months ago i didn't know uh, that we, until i studied sexology and i keep thinking i wish i knew that when i was younger i wouldn't have been so annoyed when i kept getting poked in the back all the time <laughs> <laughs> oh it's fun you just just uh, just digress because because another another uh application of our device um because we can live stream it we're not live streaming it right now we can live stream it uh is we is fertility women who want women who want to be certain to have lots of sex when they're maximally fertile can now overnight could find out when the guy has an erection and uh you know and jump him at that time because uh i don't know why but the younger people are having less sex than ever uh and a lot of women can pull, a lot, a lot you know you know the people use men i, who are, I still wonder who are these guys because it's not my generation like oh i worked really hard today what do you do you're at a fucking computer all day you weren't out there digging a ditch uh, I worked really hard today. I'm stressed. I'm going. You know, I'm going to, they go to bed, and next, you know, and the women complain. These fertility clinics. Oh, it's really hard. You know, to have sex. A lot of sex when, when I'm most fertile. So we, 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 we you know, I think I think late next year we'll probably bring out that you know that app so that a woman's get her, her wrist will have a buzz and she'll a smartwatch will buzz and she'll realize that her guy is having an erection. Hey, she'll tap him on the shoulder and go, "Hey, how about it? That's great. Yeah. I love this. There's so many exciting things to do with this, isn't there? Like. It's yes. so cool. And it, it's just like, I feel like 
everything to do with sexual function and sexual research is so kind of hit and miss. And this is like a way of actually measuring all these things we've kind of been guessing. Right. Well, or guessing or, or ignoring. Mm. So, I mean, we don't, or, or, or minimize it. Just, let's just take the SSR antidepressants. Well, one thing we know they're actually not more effective than, than a few months. We have put people on them for years because, mm. and part of that is is withdrawal, concern about withdrawal, and the, and the other part is they just it becomes a, a, almost like a psychological crutch. But these medications are, are, are cop killers, uh, mm. and they're given in a one size dose, you know, fits all, and it, it's and then this, the you know the attitude of, of psychologists or family doctors is this: your depression is more important than than your sexual health. Well, that, that's, that's bullshit. I mean, especially for, I mean, sexual health is such an important part of not just the men's self-esteem, but women's self-esteem. So the other gonna... problem is as well is that you go in to see your doctor, you're depressed, someone prescribes you an SSRI and then your dick doesn't work either and you're even more depressed. So it's a vicious circle. I get very annoyed with it, to be honest, because there is actually really good antidepressant options for people now that aren't SSRIs. And I feel like it's just so much easier for someone to write you an SSRI and then the fallout. And I mean, I would see at least five patients a week that have developed sexual dysfunction. And it's always to do with, a, and those five would be a medication that we could just have given them a different option. And yeah. then they're synergistic. People, often people are on multiple medications. I mean, I, this, I'm certain this is your world, plus my world. These people are my patients. They're really my, they're really customers. But they come to me. For, we actually, if, if someone buys a tech ring at this point, they can get a free free medical consultation, a free interpretation of the data uh, with me because I'm I am I'm, I'm still medically licensed. But we, you know, some guy sent me is like the medications he's taking. Guys, guys in his late twenties. Uh, he did actually send me a dick pic too. He's quite, he was quite awesomely. Hung, as we'd say in the states, uh, and it's like this. He's like, this doesn't work. This used to be, you know, used to, used to work. And they, I said, well, what, what are you taking? And it's like, it's like, it's like taking five medications and five different, and 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 then you know, then there's the, the lysine, the nicotinamide, all all the all the natural naturopath stuff he's taking. So I said, well, you need to take less. So we can help. Can you help me sort it out? I said, no, it's too complicated. You're taking too many. I can't figure this out for you. You need to find a, a, a sympathetic internist. Or naturopath who's going to be realistic about about you know about your about what the, the polypharmacy that you're taking. Mm, and I think I really love this idea of being able to alter your doses according to how it's having a function on other parts of your body. And I think you know that can be done with a medical professional overseeing that. Like I can see that you know my men who I'm prescribing Tadalafil for for rehab might go, oh, I don't really like it, Melissa, because I'm getting you know, headaches. And I'll say, well, let's try one every second day, or let's try two and a half milligrams every day. And then what would be great though, would be, but then the concern will be that their rehab won't be as effective, but how great if we could then go, well, we can measure that, you know, we can see whether or not you're not getting as much nocturnal action if we reduce the dose, but you might be able to reduce the dose, still have the same result and not have the side effect. I mean, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Well, then it's also being able to distinguish between placebo benefit and non and actual benefit or uh, so in the course of this business uh i became aware that pretty much all of my friends over the age of 50 were taking to dalafil yeah like it's uh, and I don't, a lot of these guys don't need to have ed it's uh granted i'm all i don't i'm fine with the confidence building effect of placebo as mm -hmm. long as the medications are relatively benign if someone thinks that taking private to 
Oh, well, again, this is your more world than my world, but I did notice that when I prescribed to Talafil to, to, to men in their 50s or up who are divorced and dating or widowed and dating, I, that, they, that they didn't come back for more than one or two prescriptions, one or two refills because they didn't really need it. They actually had an anxiety. They had formless anxiety. They had a I'll tell you what I tell, tell men about that is that I think of adrenaline and the flight and flight responses like kryptonite to Superman. You put Superman in a room yes. with kryptonite, he gets a floppy dick. You get anxious and nervous and you think, Jesus, I hope my penis works because it's my first time with this new lady or it didn't work last week. Then you get adrenaline rush, flight and flight. You may as well have stuck your penis in a room with kryptonite. And so you give well, them to that a fill for a few months and they often forget to fill their prescription because they've built their confidence up and actually right. everything was yeah. working okay. They just needed a bit of a confidence boost. Well, that's where a good cock ring like the last or our, or our performance ring comes in handy because these guys commonly say and they get erect and then they lose it. And when I was putting aside the medication issue, to your point, it's someone new. All, all, has to, all a guy has to be do is get tense about sustaining an erection or pleasing someone else or someone says something wrong or a phone goes off in the middle of sex or he's just had one drink too many or whatever, you know, she has coffee on her breath. I don't know what it could be anything. And yeah. they just and they lose it. So a, a mechanical solution helps. It, I think a mechanical solution is actually more of a confidence builder than than the medication. So I took a Dallas below, uh, and I've taken a bunch of other things because I can test this stuff on myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I have a tester group of you know, guys in the company. They, there's a guy in his twenties, another guy in his forties, and then there's me. Uh, and none of us have clinical ED. Uh, and so, but so but. So we can test out these things that people make claims for, like is this going to make your erection twice as big, increase your girth? No, this stuff works. So my personal experience with Dalafil was, I went to my my urology advisors. I'm hoping I'll listen to this podcast, and I said, "What do you think? If I take the Dalafil, what do you think is going to happen?" Well, you're you're going to have more duration of your nocturnals. You might even have an extra one one more nocturnal, and you're going to get harder. And I did you? No, none of these things happened. Nothing. Had no effect whatsoever. So I took five milligrams every other day, and then I went to ten milligrams every other day. This is, and I just gave it up. I don't, you know, take it anymore because because putting more blood into my, I don't have ED, so putting more blood into my penis doesn't do anything. I don't, I don't need it for confidence. Um, I don't. I, I will say that if I, I do know, and certainly my sons are in their thirties, and their friends use it this way, that you can drink more alcohol. And get an erection because alcohol is a vasodilator, and the Dalfil, you know, might help to you know overcome that. Uh, or you can just have the self control and only have two cocktails as opposed to four. Yeah, you just got to decide: do you want right. to party all night and dance, or do you want to go home and have sex? That's you know, right. it's a way up, you know. <laughs> but, but I think there are a lot. But I guess the point, really, I think a lot of men, a lot of medications are being overprescribed. Yeah, men. Yeah, they, I just think know, it's so exciting to be able to also go back to your GP or whoever and say definitively, you prescribed me blah, and it is having this effect. I mean, the other common one I see is guys who are prescribed um, medication for enlarged prostates. And, you know, most of them are cock killers, as you just called them. I love that. Yes, expression. the flow, the flow medication you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and I just think, yeah. like, that can often be completely changed by you can prescribe someone Tadadafil instead of Juadart and it will improve their flow and their erection. So why wouldn't we just do that first up, you know? Well, yeah, that, well that's a great point. I don't, the, the, I think that urologists 
um, don't think enough about. They just focused on that. Uh, you know, if the guy's prostate, we're going to put him on a low medicine. They don't think of. Uh, you know, one, one thing when I when I, when I started this study, I um, this this work, I asked a group of urologists, "Do you guys recommend Cochrane's?" Hmm. Only one, only one out of seven recommend Cochrane's. They just they recommend a pump. Why do you recommend Cochrane's? Well, uh, our, we don't think our, our patients like it. No, you don't feel comfortable discussing with your patients. And they kind of laugh. But yeah, you don't feel comfortable. And so, okay, the one person who did prescribe co recommend Cochrane's. So how do you recommend it? Well, I just tell them to go to Amazon. Well, if you go to Amazon, you get a sponsored ad, you get a cheap piece of junk. You know, that the, the lasso is an effective device. Our device is more expensive. I think it's more effective. But the lasso works. If, if you go, if you, that's not what pops up on on uh on amazon you get one of these hard hard rings it's like They're you know useless eight. you can't even get them on and off you, and you can't even get them off well you got to pull it um you, well people can't see my gestures <laughs> you have to pull it you have first have to have a reaction now you got to pull it down snaps in place it's uncomfortable uh, i mean do women put do women put bras on over their head no this is, no it's just stupid so these these these, these so they recommend they're recommending something that, that doesn't work now the gay urologists are totally different I'm mean, one of the jokes in the company when we're when we're at um, medical oriented shows, and I use this. I said, "Well, how, how do you how do you tell the difference between a gay urologist and a straight urologist?" You ask them one question: Do you use a cock ring? Yeah. And a straight urologist is like a straight urologist. It's like Superman kryptonite. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. You know, so the gay urologist is yeah, like last night you got you got a better one. Uh, and so, uh, ninety percent of gay men. Use cock. We have sex regularly. Use cock rings regularly. Yeah, that's so funny because I'm always getting sent dick pics because I see a lot of patients with Peyronie's disease, and I'll go like, you know, I need a dick pic, you know. And all my gay patients always have a cock ring on when I get their photo, and all my heterosexual patients don't. So yeah, but I think we're changing that. I think a lot of my clients definitely use cock rings now. So just. I'd love to interview you another day about the women's one because otherwise, sure. is that right? like it'd be great to have a whole women's one. Um, but just to round it up, basically, there's at the moment, there's the product that you can wear all night to measure your nocturnal erections, which we've discussed all the amazing uses for that. And then there's right. also the one that doesn't have the tech in it that you just would use for sex. And you can use, but if you fell asleep with the one that doesn't have the tech in, it's still okay. Yeah, but the, but the tech ring also has is a great cock ring too. Yeah, great. It, okay. it has the same form. It's just a little bit because it has uh, te technology. In it, it's it's maybe it's like half a centimeter thicker. Yeah. Okay. So it's not. That's it's not. You know. It doesn't. And, and, and by the and in one well, two things I want to say uh, if you don't mind. What women enjoy the the soft elastomer because the we we have women who's like because it's it's something to rub against as you know i mean you know as women get older rubbing clitoris on pubic bone that doesn't work it's that might be fun when you're 19 it's mm. not fun when you're 55 uh so instead there's now this this uh, um the soft elastomer rub against we have we have uh, wives of, of our customers reporting that they like it um the yeah well it would stimulate the clitoris definitely having that there which is yeah i hear that often. we're adding a, we're adding a clitoral vibrator though it's already been um, we'll be testing the commercial prototype next month so when you when you take a ring and you said it before a, a, our cock ring is basically it's like a bra that opens up and closes it's a ring when you take when you open up a ring you can slide things on and off it well the problem with most clitoral vibrators and cock rings is that they're located 
close to the ring itself. And that's not where the clitoris is. It's close to 3.5 centimeters away on mm. average. So our, our, our um, clitoral vibrator is in the right anatomic position, but it can be slid off the ring. So it can be used by women solo or it can be used by men, by, you know, by men solo. Um, it's also smaller than the Wevibe the we vibe, uh, cock ring, vibrating cock ring, or the, or the, or the Lilo Tor 2, uh, both, of, both which, one of the flaws of which is that the cock ring part of it is the hard, is hard silicone. Yeah, not, exactly. it does, it's not good for the man. The other problem is, is this is Jeffrey, my penis, which most of my customers know. But that's, you know, that's a mold. That's a mold of your husband, right? Oh, well, he wishes, but yes, no. Um, <laughs> but if um, you know, the problem is, is most penises aren't that long either. So some of the cock rings that you can buy are so thick that you've actually covered up quite a lot of your girth, yeah. which is a bit of an issue, isn't it? You know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, but the problem with the, the with the lasso. Is that it's, it's it's quite thin. Yes, the diameter is quite small. It, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it pinches. Mm. And by the way, I I I was a, I was a lasso enthusiast until I came up came up with ours. It's a little it, it leaves a mark. Yeah. Um. Because it, yeah. it pinches. So ours is made out of an elastomer and it has probably another I'm guessing off the top of my head four or five millimeters in in width than the than the, than the lasso that distributes distributes the pressure more evenly so that you don't get have the choking. Yeah, the biggest Pinch. excitement I have about that is definitely that they can fall asleep with it on because I'm always worried someone's going to fall asleep, you know, with it on. They do. Well, it's been so great to speak to you. I've got so many other questions. Um, so I think we'll round it up, but I would definitely love to get you back on and talk to you about the women because even though most of our listeners are men, um, they always all the episodes we do on anything to do with women they love so because I think us women are a little bit perplexing for most guys so um, it's good to find out anything they can so thank you so much like it's just been fantastic to chat and um, I'm going to wind up now but I would love to ask you another question off air in a minute so thanks so sure. much for coming it's great it was a pleasure I'm going to tell you about a boy lives inside me been there all of my life. Hi, I'm Melissa and I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. Just a reminder, if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer, I've built a penile rehabilitation program just for you. It's an online program packed with information, exercises and advice along with proven strategies that will get your penis back in working order as quickly as possible in about 15 minutes a day. If you like the sound of that, then please head over to penilerehabilitationprogram.com and you can start straight away. Or there's a link from the RS Health website. We would also love you to review and subscribe and share this podcast so we can help more men. Links to Instagram and Facebook are in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you there. So spread the word that help is available. All the best for now. Bye. I've got a boy of my own now It fills me with pride See him growing so fast into a man